seven tonight, and um, we're getting close to wrapping up the the um, Sermon on the Mount. Thank you. And uh, um, two weeks ago, when we were talking about this, uh, how uh, how should I, f- uh, a follower of Christ, act? Um, uh, we talked about the golden rule and. Um, I, I, I said this in closing, we, we must remember if we practice the golden rule, uh, it is going to cost us something, uh, the price of sacrifice. Um, because if we le- legitimately, if we're going to live the golden rule, it is going to cost us something. Um, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be and and uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I, I have a quote here I want to read. I, I, I don't know where I got it, so I, I can't give credit to it. Um, but I wanted to share it with you. Our, our offering to God will surely cost us. Yet, if our living sacrifice is found pleasing to our Lord, the reward will make it all wor- worthwhile. As God uh, suffered great loss for us, let us suffer loss for God and His purposes. And I just like the way the author of that quote said that. You know, Christ gave everything for us. And and the least we could do is suffer just a little bit for him. Um, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are comest about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him uh, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. This, this, these two verses, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, were actually uh, uh, presented to us at the, at the conference that we went to last, last weekend. And <clears throat> after hearing that, the challenge that the, 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 the speaker gave, I believe it was, yeah, Pastor Perry, uh, he, he talked about it, and, and it sparked some thinking, and I wanted to share with you this, this thought. Uh, a quote from him uh, is this, on game day, or, or, or no, no, this is not the quote. This was the question that he asked. Um, on game day, do athletes eat differently than spectators? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, 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 I went to uh, YouTube and I, ty- I typed in, what does Steph Curry eat before a game? <clears throat> well, no, it's different than what he said. So uh, there's a little YouTube. You can, you can do it yourself. You can go on YouTube and type it in. And uh, there's a little testimonial of Steph Curry telling the world what he eats before a game. This is what he said. He eats grilled chicken, some pasta, and veggies. That's what he eats before a game. If you don't know who Steph Curry is, don't worry about it. It, it. It's not a big deal. He's just a really, really, really good basketball player. Okay, 
Um, but I don't watch basketball, so it really doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, uh, then, I, then I typed in to Google, I said, what do spectators eat? <laughs> man, oh man, just, I mean, my computer about exploded. It was awesome. But I wanted to share with you <clears throat> a, a recent study. Uh, the average person, what, what the average person is going to eat, uh, uh, an insane amount of food during the Super Bowl on Sunday. Okay, this is Super Bowl Sunday. Anybody want to take a shot of, at, at, at guessing how many calories a person is expected to consume on Super Bowl Sunday? 3,500 to 4,500. 4,000? 5 to 10. 5 to 10? 5 to 10? No, not including drinks. Just eat. Okay. <clears throat> According to this study, on Super Bowl Sunday, the average consumer is expecting to consume 11,000 calories. 11,000 calories. That is four times what a doctor says you should eat every day. Yeah. In one day, yes. <laughs> Right, and this is this is this is this is the this is during the game. This is not breakfast, you know. This is during the game, okay? Um, well, but that's well, that's the event, the the, the Super Bowl event, okay? Um, <clears throat> well, that that is true. That that is true. But uh, anyway, um, it says. Um, uh, and that does not include uh, 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 soda or beer or anything like that. That is, that is just food. That that is. I mean, there should be people in comas, you, you know. <laughs> so this is the average person will eat 19 different foods. 19 different foods on that Sunday. Yeah, and not just. Not just a bite of ninety. It is okay. This is so. This is this is this blew my mind. Two point seven wings. I don't know how you eat a point seven of a wing, but anyway. Uh, so so two point seven wings. <clears throat> uh, Three point two slices of pizza. One point two servings of uh, French fries. Three point four bags of chips. One point nine bowls of chili, 2.4 hamburgers, <laughs> One, 1. 1.7 sliders, two hot dogs, there you go, Bob, um, two, yeah, I, I've seen you eat that at a ball game, man, I, I, you know. um, 2.7 portions of nachos, three pieces of fried chicken, uh, two ribs, 1.7 sausages, 1.6 slices of cake, 1.8 brownies, uh, two bowls of ice cream, two sub sandwiches, uh, 1.7 bags bags of candy, 
two chocolate bars and uh, three bo- uh, excuse me two bowls of salad. That is a person. That is that is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, <laughs> salad neutralizes it all, right? Okay, I, a, another statistic that popped up I wanted to share with you is the Los Angeles Clippers. Out of all the basketball arenas, the Los Angeles Clippers have the have the um, distinct honor of being the most expensive for fan food. Okay, anybody want to guess how much the average? L.A. Clipper fan spends on food during one game. Forty-five dollars. Do I hear fifty? Hundred. Okay, uh, it's it's a hundred and forty-six dollars. A hundred and forty-six dollars per fan, average. That means people like me that don't buy anything. There are people spending stupid money. Yeah, three hundred dollars. You know, it's yeah, it's insane. <clears throat> so what is the point? Okay, the point the point of all this is the question or the quote that we got from Pastor Perry, and that is this: Fans eat differently than athletes. Okay. Now that that, that you, you know you you look at that and and or you hear that and you think. Well, yeah, that's kind of a no-brainer. Okay? There you go. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Oh no, I meant, I'm, I'm sorry, I meant verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so, does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. We have a race to run. And the reality is this. Oftentimes we we fail to realize in order to accomplish the fact that we are to endure the cross that Jesus has put in front of us means that we we need to eat differently than the spectators because we're participants. And our lives need to be different. And, And when I heard this challenge to us, uh, at the conference, my my mind was just spinning because, you know, I don't know about you, but <clears throat> I'm lazy. I'm I, I'm just honest. And we need to be cognizant of the fact that God has called us to do something great, and it's going to cost us something. The price of sacrifice. The next section that that we're going to get into tonight, that Jesus um, actually continues this basic theme of the price of sacrifice. 
the point number five and uh, how should a follower of Christ act? Point number five is the two ways. Look, look at uh, verse, uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter ye in at the straight gate, and, wa- and uh, for wide is the gate, and narrow is, is the way that leadeth to destruction. Uh, and many there uh, be which go therein, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. And Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. And Lord, as we look at this very important passage of Scripture, just two verses, but can be life-changing, help us, dear God, to walk with you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Christians are oftentimes accused of being narrow-minded or or, uh, not being very inclusive. And the reason for that is partially is because of these two verses. Another verse is, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And, and so many people in our world today want to include, well, but, you know, you have nice people. You can't, you can't exclude people, you know. No, our Bible is very clear. There's just one way to Christ. And that way is narrow. Now, I have a picture for you. Um, I have seen this picture and many of them very similar to this that artistically picture the, the, broad, the broad way and the narrow way. Um, <clears throat> and I don't particularly like this picture. And there's a couple of reasons why, but one of the reasons why, and uh, I got another picture that I think is more appropriate. <clears throat> there are two ways. But cannot those two ways be confusing at times? I mean, life is full of choices, is it not? And there are times that we travel through life and we, and we look at and we think, which way to go? I've heard it said that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And, and that is a very, very true statement. A lot of people will stand before God one day and say, but I I did all these really, really good things. But God will look at you and say, "I I don't know you. I truly believe that very few people purposefully wake up one day and say, you know what? I, I, I want to go to hell. I mean, I, you know, I'm sure there's probably someone out there who, who thinks that because there's all kind of nutcases out there. But nobody wakes up and, and says, you know, the, for the most part, nobody's going to wake up and say, you know what, that's what I want. to. I want to ruin my life and spend eternity in hell. I, I, that's what I want to do. But yet, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. 
So, let's look at point number one, or uh, letter A here, uh, the wide gate. Let's look at the wide gate for a little bit. In verse 13, <clears throat> enter, ye, uh, enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go therein. Now, the key thought here is this, and I, I tried to find pictures of it on the Internet, and, and they just there, weren't, there really aren't very many. And I think the key to understanding these two verses is not the, 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 the word way or road or pathway, I think it's the word gate. Because I want you to think about this. Wide is the gate. Okay, because both of them are referred to as gates. Because you, you, it says, uh, because straight is the gate, or, or uh, verse 13, uh, um, and wide is the gate. And verse 14, and straight is the gate, narrows the way. So you have to go through a gate in order to start down the way. Does that make sense? <clears throat> Last Wednesday, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Melanie and I were coming back from that pastor's conference, <clears throat> and we we uh, we got to Bishop California about dinner time. Well, they were close, you know. <clears throat> uh, but we we got we rolled into Bishop and we, and it's every time we leave this conference we get to Bishop about dinner time and it drives us nuts because there's either sit down restaurants or there's nasty fast food and we were looking for something that we could just grab a sandwich but not, it wasn't necessarily fast food so she got online and she found a she found a, a butcher shop that had a, a sandwich thing inside it. So, a deli, yes. Um, so, we were going to that deli. We got there, and this, the sandwich portion of it closed at 3 o'clock. So, anyway. Um, but on the way, we passed a Mexican restaurant. And I, I, I looked at Melanie, and I said, Whoa, that, that must be a good place to eat because the parking lot was just full. I mean, people were just everywhere. So, <clears throat> why why would I say that? What what was the conclusion that I drew? It's popular. So if it's if it's if there are a lot of people there, it must be good, right? And, and that's the process that we do, right? Uh, when you're when you're traveling across the country and you're <clears throat> uh, in a, uh, uh, a strange town that's on a major highway, what do you look for? Okay, mostly with what? Not cars, but trucks. Why? Because truckers know where to eat. Right? Am I am I right? Okay. Okay. So we tend to think that if something is popular or busy, then it must be good. My point is this. Satan is going to do everything he can to make the, the, the wide gate 
look really good. Right, right. One commentator that I read wrote this, the two roads only intersect once, and that is at the foot of the cross. And I thought, wow, what, a, what, a, what an incredible picture. So in, in essence, for me, this preparing for this tonight, it, the, the reality came to me that it's, you know, with the two pictures I showed you, basically it's, you know, we, 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 it, it gives the impression that we're, we're standing back and we're looking at these two roads and one of them leads to destruction and one of them leads to heaven. And which one are you going to pick? That, that's not, that's not a, I don't think that's a fair, uh, huh? Conclusion, yes. Why? Because we we can't do that. We can't we can't look back and say, okay, if this if this choice that I'm about to make is going to send me down this road, or you know, I'm going to you know, uh, why? No. What do? We, how do we make choices as we go through life? Okay. All right. If you're saved, obviously we should use the Word of God to to guide us, but for the average person out there, how do they make choices? It's right to them. The path of least resistance. You know, the average person, I, I, I started thinking, I made a list here. The average family, the average person is trying to raise their family to the best of their ability. They, they go to work for the most part, they, you know, they they come home, they they try to enjoy some time off, but it's a day by day by day by day struggle, is it not? Many of you probably work with people that every day is a grind. Every day it's something going on, and it they just want to make it to the end of the week so that they can have the weekend off. It's a struggle, constant struggle. They seek to find enjoyment, entertainment, whatever they can to relax. That's why the entertainment business in our country is, is, is in the billions of dollars every year. Because people are looking for escapes. Temporary as they may be, they are just escapes. A friend of mine witness to a Chinese man not too long ago, and he was telling me about his conversation. And he, and he said that he, he shared the gospel with this Chinese man, and, and the Chinese man contemplated, very kindly listened and contemplated everything he said uh, about Christ. But then he replied something to this effect. He said... I have to believe my family religion. Buddhism is all I know. It is what my family knows. My parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents. And as, I, as he was telling me about this, this conversation that took place with this Chinese man, I thought, how very sad. 
But, to be honest, I can understand it. Because that's all he knows. And for the first time, my friend planted the seed. Now we just trust that God will let it grow. And there can be a change in the, in the thinking and the pattern of this man's life. Another thought that I had is that the, <clears throat> the wide gate or the broad way, that it starts off wide. And as it goes along, it kind of gets narrower. And as I, as I contemplated this, I had this picture in my mind that the, the Broadway is going to have a lot of potholes along the way. Does, will, will it not? How many of you have been driving down the highway and, and you hit a pothole and you didn't even see it because... Because you, you, you know you kind of look over them, and as you as the person looks down the pathway of life and they see the Broadway, they can't see the potholes, but they're there. And as I thought about it, I thought about addiction. What a what a I think a, a beautiful picture for us to kind of contemplate here, because no one starts off drinking saying this, oh, I want to be an alcoholic and be arrested for DUI and possibly even kill someone. Nobody says that. Nobody says, hey, I want to, I want to drink so much that when I come home, I puke all over myself and lay in the gutter. And when I wake up, I, can, I had the privilege of beating my wife and children. Nobody would say that. But the beer commercials that entice people, what do they do? They, they paint just the opposite picture. And that picture is a, is, a, is a faulty picture. The reality is the first illustration. Nobody wakes up one morning and says, you know what? Oh, I want to be a drug addict. Go out and steal and kill people just so I can feed my habit. Nobody wakes up and says that. But that's what happens. Nobody wakes up one day and thinks, you know what? I'm going to start looking at pornography. I want to, I want to be the one who uh, is the cause for women and children to be exploited. That's what that, that doesn't that just sound like fun? No, nobody nobody thinks like that. But what happens? They start down the this broad road of, hey, look at all the fun that you can have. Then as they start down this road, the road gets narrower and the entrapment becomes greater. I've had the unfortunate conversations with people that have said this, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm too far gone to be saved. The world had got a hold of them so much 
their their response to the gospel is, God can never save anyone like me. That's the broad road. Let's look at the narrow gate. So you got the, the wide gate, the narrow gate. Let's look at verse 14. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Unfortunately, many people think that this road is impassable. They look at the gate and they think, ah, there's just no way I could go down that road. They think because Satan will tell them that that road is a torturous endurement of life. And anything is more, or that is anything but true. Will the road, will the narrow road cost you something? Okay, the wide, the wide road will cost you your life. The narrow road may cost us in an earthly sense, but we'll save our lives. Now, are there are there potholes in the narrow road? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a bunch of them. <laughs> I think there are more. Anyway, no, I don't want to do that. Uh, Matthew chapter sixteen, verse twenty-six. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world? And lose his own soul. Or what shall a man gain? Excuse me. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Again, the answer to that question is, on game day, do athletes eat different than spectators? Absolutely. Just as the the broad way, I believe, starts out broad and gets narrower as it goes along. I believe the narrow gate or the narrow way starts out narrow and it opens up to freedom in Christ. Freedom and and <clears throat> let me let me let me share this with you. Uh, John chapter 10 and verse 10, uh, the thief cometh uh, not uh, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that that, that uh, they may have it more abundantly. God, God is not wanting to, to, to stifle us and torture us and drag us through life. He wants us to have life more abundantly. That is, that is the desire of God. As I as I thought about this this pathway, this road of 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 freedom and peace, if you would, of following God, that that the road gets wider as, instead of narrower. And Psalm chapter nineteen verses seven to eleven, and one of my favorite passages of Scripture: "The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple." The statutes of the Lord are right, enduring the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eye. 
The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and keeping of them there is great reward. We can have peace and joy in the things of God. The way may start narrow, but I believe it gets bigger and and more precious as we go down the road. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ had made us free, and be not uh, entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I do want to say for clarification's sake that, again, I want to reiterate this, uh, the narrow way has a lot of potholes along the way. And, and, and nowhere, nowhere in the Bible does it say that if, hey, if you, if you get saved and you want to start living for God, life is going to be a bowl of cherries. Uh, that's not how it works. But we can have life in Christ and we can have it more abundantly. When we are traveling down the road, going through, the the one is somebody shared a testimony tonight about the valleys of life. In Psalm chapter 19, Is it, it is refers to the valley of the shadow of death. There are times that we feel like we're in the valley of death, but it is just the valley of the shadow of death. And, and things in life can be closing in on us, but the promise that we have is that He never leaves us. Amen. He'll never forsake us. And that He will always be with us through the potholes of life. Jesus here in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, makes it very, very clear that everyone will have a choice. Everyone will have a choice. They will either pick the easy way or the right way. The wide gate or the narrow gate. The choice is ours to make. We can make the choice. God gives us the ability and the the privilege of, of making that choice. But we do not control the results of our choice. We have the right to make choices, but the results of those choices are already preset. If we make the wrong choice with life and go down the wrong road, the choice is set. But the choice is ours. And no man 
will be able to point a finger at God and say, you sent me here undeserving. Because every man and every woman, every child makes a choice. We heard of a little boy this, this evening, four years old, almost five, get saved this week. He made his choice. Praise God for that. And now I realize that this is a Sunday night and that most of you are saved, but I want to just take a minute and just ask you, do you know for sure? Are you convinced beyond a shout of a doubt well, you, where you will spend eternity? If you have a question, please see me afterward. Because it's that choice that will set the course of the rest of your life. This, the, the road, the broad road and the narrow road only intersect at one place. That's at the foot of the cross. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. <clears throat> thank you for your love. And uh, Lord, thank you for the cross. We are so, so blessed. Lord, help us as we do our best to walk with you, that you would help us and that you would grow us in our faith. We love you and we thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.